Welcome to this week's Into the Wilderness podcast. I am one of your hosts, Daryl Pace. And I am Stephen Ramsford, Byron Pace's brother. And on this week's show, we have uh, Jim Shockey, and we promised him a week ago. We've uh, delivered him this week. Um, and if We you're probably li- promised about a year ago a that year we were going to try. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you are wondering why you're listening to this early, it's because we have released it uh, over a week early, because one, we've just come back from Iwa, so the show was only recorded two days ago. Uh, so we wanted to get out as quickly as we could. But secondly, we are heading to the far north, very far north. You can't get, m- unless you're in the North Pole, you can't get any further north than where we're heading. So we didn't want to take the risk of not being able to put out the show. You can automatically schedule things, uh, but we have little faith in technology. Uh, so we thought we'd put it out a week early. You guys can enjoy it. And then when we get back, we'll put out another show and we'll probably talk about what we've just done. Yeah. Um, and then after that show, we'll be back to the usual scheduling, which is every second Thursday or of the month or something. We had a, we had a great show in Nuremberg in Germany. We met a lot of awesome people. We've recorded some really great podcasts with you. We we focused on interviewing great characters with great stories. So you're going to see those in the coming weeks. And it doesn't get much better than starting off with Jim Shockey, who we actually interviewed twice. And this is the sort of the longer interview that we did with him. If you are wanting to hear about products from the show, sorry, uh, the only product I think you're going to hear is from Spartan. Uh, uh, we do interview Mark Newton from Rigby. So you hear a little bit about history, but it's more about stories. It's, yeah, it's more about stories. So we really concentrated on the characters this year, opposed to bringing you products. Uh, because um, it, when you walk around those shows, it's just mind-blowing, like... The amount of stuff. It's just honest, kit everywhere. It's just kit everywhere. It's <laughs> so hard to distinguish what the hell's new and what's not new. And, and there's so sometimes so little difference between the stuff that comes uh, out. And the other thing is, you're going to be able to read all about the new kit in pretty much any magazine you can think of in the next month. Um, so you'll be able to read that. We focus on stories. And we got some awesome stories. Particularly, keep an ear out for the data, the one with Davy Hughes from Swazi because he tells, he tells an awesome recount of him bear hunting in Alaska. Uh, but that's going to be a few we did that one. I'm yeah, excited yeah, yeah. to um, edit that one. Uh, so, like Byron said, we will be, there will be another show with uh, Jim in it, but it will be a short one, so it will be tagged on to another show. I think it's about 15, 20 minutes long, uh, the other one. But it's cool to have him on twice, talking about a completely different thing on the same. It was an absolute pleasure to, to meet the man. He is uh, many, many people's hero, uh, including ours and, and the, the film series that he's worked on with his son Branlin, which you're you're about to hear about, has certainly been a large inspiration for us. So it was it was fantastic to finally sit down with the man and, and hear what he had to say. We have a big request. Oh yeah, for all of you listeners, please do us a favor. Even pause it just after I've told you this to go and do it. We want reviews, but we would really really like reviews all at the same time because it massively helps your rankings in whatever country you're in for more people to find this podcast. So we would like to get you know, a couple of hundred reviews in the first few days of this podcast going out. It would be massively, massively appreciated. We have loads of reviews already from all our kind listeners um, over the last two and a half years that we've been running the podcast. But just the way that it ranks podcasts, it really, really helps if you get a lot in a short period of time. So even if you've reviewed before, check in, let us know you're still listening and give us a review. If you're using an Apple device, it's so easy to review now on the app. I think you don't even need to, it doesn't even like take you to another page or anything. You can do it within the app and then the little star system, and then write something about it. And uh, also, if you've got the time, head over to our Facebook page, and uh, you can leave a review there as well. But more importantly, online. Um, I think uh, what's uh, a bit strange about the reviews is that it's uh, country-specific. So we have a large number of reviews in the UK, not surprisingly. Um, and then we've also got less reviews around the world because that's our main bulk of the listenership is within the UK. So if you are from uh, the United States, Canada, Australia, and we know, we know that you're there. We know you're there because <laughs> we've got listeners in every state. Um, then we would appreciate if you left us uh, a review, uh, yeah, particularly in the United States, actually. So hit pause right now. Go do it. Okay. Thank you very much. You're back now. <laughs> uh, we will not be announcing the winner 
from the last competition because, as we said at the start, it's coming out early, so you will have only had a week to enter. So the competition was to win a vintage horn design. Uh, if you look on our social media, uh, it, we, we just want you to share a picture so you'll be able to see all the information there, but just somehow share us a picture, tag us a picture on Instagram, Facebook of you and your best friend or your best friend outdoors. doesn't have to be a human. can be a dog or your bird if you're into falconry (laughs) anything but just whatever your best friend is in the great outdoors that's what we want to see and then we will pick the uh pick the winner on the next podcast we put up uh do we have any other news before we uh that was it we're going to keep it fairly short and sweet as always go and visit our website www.thepacebrothers.com there's lots of info on there and our shop we have been selling a mad amount of uh, the Modern Huntsman magazines, which yeah, should be coming, arriving, the, the next it's shipment any, coming this week. Any day now the shipment is coming in, and, and you good people have almost made us sell out of the new shipment that's yeah, so already come. So <laughs> we might have to put a new We one might in. have to put in another order to the United States and uh, get some more over here. So uh, thank you very much if you're one of those people who've ordered it. It is, it is fantastic. And if you haven't and you don't know what we're talking about, we did a podcast with the guys from Modern Huntsman, so you can check we, that out. We will definitely have copies at the Northern Shooting Show. We'll be taking some with us. So if you can wait a wee while, then uh, you can pick them up from the Northern Shooting Show as well. It will reduce some postage. Yes, it will. Uh, And, of course, at the Northern Shooting Show, we've been mentioning this pretty much every podcast, but it's incredibly important because it is the first one ever to be run, is that we have uh, a hunting film festival being run on the Friday evening of the Northern Shooting Show from 6 to 8 p.m. It's by ticket only. And I did a count up yesterday. There's only six tickets for the public left. So if you would like to attend that evening, there's going to be a lot of great people there. Some really interesting speeches. The night is going to focus on the future of hunting. And we're going to be showing films from around the world. um, Some thought-provoking films. Some that have never been released before. We mentioned that uh, our last podcast guest, uh, Robbie Kroger, one of his f- short films is going it's to be It's been a very popular show, that. Really, really We've popular. had a lot of uh, messages and comments about the previous show that was just on, um, about the Blood Origins project. And and uh, we've had some really great messages from people saying how much they enjoyed it. And, mm. it, you know, it's only been out for a week. A week so. <laughs> well, not even. Yeah, not even a week. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been really, really well received. And I can tell you, so we, we told you one, it's the first film that we have actually announced. We haven't even put it online there. So any of our podcast listeners know one of Robbie's films. But I can also tell you that we're going to be having a, a, the global release of a film from uh, David C.P., who has been a guest on this podcast a couple Twice, of times. or three times yeah. now. Uh, always a massively popular guest. Who we're actually, I think we're seeing in... Tomorrow. Think, tomorrow. We're yeah, in, in tomorrow. Denmark. Uh, so it's a really, really great film, and no one else will have seen it, and it is going to be showing at the film festival, and I'm pretty sure he's going to be coming over. He, he wants to. He's going to try and come over, and he, if he can make it, then he'll be giving a, a short, short speech about the future of hunting as well. If you have uh, social media, uh, you can follow us in the, the usual manners on, on the Facebook and uh, on Instagram. We tend to not put quite as much on Facebook because, um, to be honest, if Facebook died tomorrow, I couldn't really care. Um, <laughs> but on Instagram, we, we really do put a lot of uh, things up, uh, really nice images. And if you have an account, um, tag us in some pictures because we like every Friday we try and share other people's work. So. Yeah. We have a feature Friday. A feature Friday. A we try, well, we try and do it. Sometimes we're not here, so um, we can't always get the the pictures. But yeah, if you have an account, make sure you tag us in the pictures. Um, hashtag Pace Brothers, and uh, then I, it comes up on my feed, and then I'll message you, and, and we can put you on our our Facebook. We just like good images, good stories. It's uh, not especially stories. If you've got a great image connected with a great story, all the better. And I think that's it. Unless you got anything else, Joe? Uh No, I was, I was. No, I, th- I, th- I think we don't really want to hold people up from listening to Jim Shockey, do we? Everybody's uh, no, eager. No, I know everyone <laughs> is eager. Um, I was going to say that um, we stayed in a different part of um, Nuremberg this year, and uh, wow, what an improvement from what was effectively a, a slum last year. <laughs> um, we were a little worried about getting back with our wallets last year. Yeah, <laughs> in our was, pockets. Um, yeah, it took me by surprise where we stayed last year. And then this year was a complete change. We were staying like more in the center of town and near the castle, and it was absolutely beautiful. And the food, oh, like uh, the one night we we had uh, uh, food, and it you're talking about the platter with yeah, the big knuckles. Oh, how many people are you eating? And they bring out this tray, and it's for three people, and it could have fed ten. 
uh, and there was these pork knuckles that were so large that people were eating them, and it was like half, it wasn't even half eaten. These pork knuckles, it was absolutely huge. And obviously, we had some curry first while we were there as well, because we, when you go to Germany, you got to have that. The food was yeah exceptionally good, and that was sort of proper German food with sauerkraut and all the <laughs> trimmings that you would imagine from a German restaurant. If if you ever have the chance to go to Iwa um, or Nuremberg, it's a it's a thing to do once. I think definitely. Yeah. Well, the history there is incredible. Yeah, the, we, we were standing in what were parade grounds where Hitler had been, and uh, Göring, on, Göring's you, restaurant. was You could there. go in the, um, online and you could see the squares and be standing in effect with the same place uh, but a lot most of the city was destroyed during the war i think the the brits saw to the uh, <laughs> make sure that nothing was standing yeah but the cathedral stood yeah the cathedral did carry on uh, yeah, uh, and they're that. beautiful absolutely beautiful anyway we're gonna let you That's listen it. to uh jim and uh, like i said uh, we'll get back to a normal schedule in a, a few weeks time Jim, welcome to our podcast, the Into the Wilderness podcast. Thank you very much for joining us again today. It's my pleasure. You must have been absolutely rammed the last couple of days. It's well, been, you must have let a lot, met a lot of people. I, I have a, a lot of very interesting people. Uh, and for a lot of hours till early in the morning meeting interesting <laughs> people. So. But that's when the interesting conversations happen. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah exactly right. And nothing, you fix nothing, all the world's problems, right? Yeah, we did that. And, <laughs> and, and trust me, in the end, nothing good ever comes of it. So so hopefully today I don't have to answer any hard questions. Hard questions. I'm well, not going to be that smart. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start with something easy because sure. uh, my brother and I are, are filmmakers. And one of the like breakthrough points for us that thought, this is what we need to hold as the future of filmmaking in the hunting space was when you released Uncharted with, with Bramlin. Oh, your son, son, yeah. yeah. He, he produces it. It's, yeah. It was, it was well, like nothing we, I'd seen when before. When we got that DVD through, through the post on straight away and we watched it and it just... Yeah, be, you probably had it's like 12 hours on that uh, first DVD. I, I, I think I binged it. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. And uh, it, it was so... It was the switchover where the story and the journey i mean you've been talking about that for many many years you know even even before i was even in the hunting space you've you've got a, a long journey in Pro- history probably there. before you were born actually <laughs> yes exactly but but that for me that was the point where i the, here's the flick over of it's the journey that's that is important in terms of the story that we tell the, how did uncharted come about like tell tell me where the origins of that lay Uncharted was a, was a spin-off from our professionals television show. So the and the the professionals was our son Brandlin's idea. He he actually came to me. He wasn't in the industry, wasn't producing TV, wasn't you know, wasn't involved, but he he, he was watching our hunting adventures television show which had been on for years. And he he came to me one day and said, "Dad, you know, I can make your hunting adventures television show a lot better." And I said, well, oh, "Wait a minute here. Now we've just won best <laughs> overall, you know, the the Sportsman's Awards, the like, biggest do you know who I am, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Like, yeah. like, do you know who you're talking to? And, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, I said, have you ever edited anything? He said, no. He said, but I'll learn. He said, I just know I can make it better. I have, a, I have an idea. So he came up with the professionals. Now, that aired for four years, won every award again, blew my show, Hunting Adventures, out of the water. And uh, after four years, he, he Brand came to me again and said, Dad, you know, we can – we can do the professionals, but I said, I have a better idea. He said, and I said, no, I have a vision. I have an idea. It's uh, something I want to call Uncharted. And, and you know, he laid it's it out for me. great name, yeah. And one, one hour programming, not half hour, he said, Dad, I want to tell the story of hunting. The, the kill is a tiny, tiny little piece of hunting. And unfortunately, in a half hour show, the kill, when you end up with 14 and a half minutes of actual uh, programming. The rest is intros and yeah, outros adverts and, and adverts. So you got 14 and a half minutes. Well, just to do a stock on an animal can take that long. And, and so you, you told nothing except the kill. And the message is you, you don't get the actual message of what hunting is about. You don't tell the story of, of hunting. And he said, I need an hour. So, so okay, went to the outdoor channel and they uh, they bought in and, and uh, the rest is history. We we've, This will be the fifth year coming up. Actually, the sixth year we're, we're filming coming this fall will be Uncharted Yukon. So it'll, even with one hour, you, you, you go to Nepal in the mountains, how do, you, how do you possibly do justice in one hour 
to what you're seeing and experiencing, the adventure, what you're learning, the culture, the taste, the smells. It's so hard. You, I know, can, you can't. I, I, I'm editing a Nepal film right now, yeah, and, and you're right. It's like, what what do I leave out? You, you, you don't want to leave stuff no, out. And, and no, and you shouldn't leave it no. out. So, so, so Branlin now is, instead of one hour, we're going to do 10 one-hour episodes on the Yukon. <sighs> so we're, we're going to delve Right Deep into the, the yeah. heart and soul, the, the spirituality, I, the, the love we have of the outdoors, the beauty, all this. We have 10 hours now, not, not just one. So it'll be Uncharted Yukon for 2016. But that was a, that was a major shift. Like the programming length that you yeah, did with Uncharted was, yeah. was a huge shift. Yeah, big gamble. I mean, it, it must have been... I mean, you're, you had must have had great people to support that shift because that isn't what the industry was doing. It was breaking the mold. No, no, we, we that was that was charting a new course. It was yeah. it was uncharted territory, yeah. <laughs> literally. It, the um, you know again, but like you said, you have the Nepal footage. What do you cut out? We we knew what we were leaving on the cutting room floor. Yeah. No we, one we, else does. No, 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 no one will ever yeah. see yeah. it. No one. Will, how can they know? But we know, and we also know. What we didn't bother filming because we it's going to get cut because it'll never make exactly. it because you don't have the time yeah. when you're on when we're on these trips. So, you know, at that same time, I picked up a new cameraman as well, uh, Matt Zanil. Yes, I've heard. Who, I think I've heard of him speaking uh, with you. Matt, before. Matt is. I mean, Brandlin and Matt are peas in a pod when it comes to their knowledge of the technical side and and you know the artistry of working with cameras. So those two are. When they start talking together, it's like, I, I, I mean, I go to sleep. Like, I really, <laughs> you know, blah, blah, blah. They, but they love it. They, yeah. they live that. And Matt Zanillo is also, in his spare time, a uh, mountaineer, you know, rock climber. So He's got he, that adventurous soul. Oh, he, he's fearless. He, yeah. He's got, if you ever see Matt Zanillo, ever meet him, and talk to him. Ask him what what the marks are all around his forehead. It's from halos from breaking his neck doing crazy really? skiing stuff. Oh wow! Like he, he is the real deal. That's a proper comeback. That. Oh no, he's he and he he do he still does it. Yeah. It's like he, he just has no there's that no takes fear in his body. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> he, he it doesn't matter what I throw at him around the world. And, and I've gone through a few cameramen. They they sort of literally. Have you broken them? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> killed them. I, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I know Matty Gibson, who's a great cameraman for us. Uh, is that, is he, which one? Who was it that you were with? I think it was in Russia. It was. It was like the longest hunt you'd ever done. That, it was like that, a month long. Yeah, 40, 48 days. Oh, that was crazy. Backpacking. It was Matt Zanil. Okay. Yeah, he lost. Matt Zanil is a skinny guy to begin with. He lost. Uh, it was twenty two pounds. He he was a rake when we got out of there. You know, I think I lost about ten, and and the guide, I, I'm pretty sure, lost about 40, 44 pounds. He, he was, and, and he's never guided again. He just said that was you a, broke him. Yeah, no, he was yeah. done. He was done. Uh, Shlipnikov uh, was his last name. He was a great guy, but, I mean, he just didn't realize what, what he was in for when he took he us signed on. signed up, yeah. Yeah, we're not going to stop. It doesn't matter. That was, it was re- relentless is the one word. That's, that that's exactly. Yeah, that's actually the key word that uh, Leupold uses on their branding now is relentless. Relentless, yeah. And it's a great word. Yeah, it is, truly yeah. describes what what you have to do and what we all do. We all do it in our own way. You know, it doesn't matter if you're robot hunting. Mm-hmm. You, you just have to, you know, go and do it and, and never stop, never give up. And, and it, you know, it's a success every minute that you're out there. So it's it's like constant success on success on success. And, and I guess for us, it's a little bit easy to be relentless when you... When Love you're so it. passionate about yeah, it. Yeah, of definitely. course, of course. You know, one, of, one of the other big shifts that the Uncharted series for me brought was the importance of an actual cinema experience. Like the, act, the, the production and the film level just was like there, there was nothing else. I mean, even today, you know, people have had time to catch up. It's still right up there. I mean, th- th- that comes down to, to Brandon and the team that he's got yeah, around. It, it yeah. is, absolutely. And the yeah. accessibility as well. It's yeah. the kind of thing you could sit down with someone that doesn't have a huge interest in hunting and they would enjoy watching we, it. We, we, I have people all the time come up to me. You know, I don't hunt. Or, you know, women all the time. I don't hunt. And, and, but I, I will watch Uncharted or, you know, their husbands. Say my, my wife won't watch hunting yeah. shows, but they'll watch Uncharted. Because, it's, it, you know, we're, we're showing what hunting actually is. We we all know it as hunters, but we, you know, we we've been bad at telling that story. Yeah, yeah, we we haven't done a good job of it. We we to be fair, I mean, the technology wasn't there to be able to do it. That is you, true. There was no red cameras no. You know, ten years ago. No, 
you know, so so you could. I mean, every 22, or we're shooting 22 frames a second. Yeah, yeah. That are all you could you could blow them up to a poster size. You know, I mean, they're they're photographs. So it's you know when you combine that technology, the advances in technology with, I mean, even batteries and, and memory. And, you know, now we can shoot red cameras and shoot an hour worth of footage before you'd have to, you know, 30 Keep seconds. Keep backing it up. Sure. Yeah. And the different camera angles with drones and so on that you can Nowadays, now yeah, yeah. So, and, and then you combine that with the artistic talent of, of a Brandlin, you know, our son, or a Matt Zanil. You, the, you know, you've got the whole world. The, what, what amazes me, actually, is when I watch television on mainstream TV, there's nothing that's done as well. There, uh, there really isn't. Yeah. We're, there really we're actually, isn't. in our industry, are further ahead in, in those regards than, than the biggest, fanciest networks out there with, with unlimited budgets. We're already better than them. And, and it's because we've grown organically and, and without control on, you know, not some big fancy executive in New York City telling us well you've you can't do that. You've got the flexibility, right? Yeah, yeah, and you've got to have 80 million people hanging around yeah. you and you've got to have a big truck and you've got to have... No, you it, don't. It's the, the only thing that I can think of that comes close and surpasses level is the guys doing like Blue Planet. Exactly. Which, yeah, which, which, which is the budget of which 100, is, 200 million yeah, finance, and takes five years to make. Yeah, so. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thank you to the government for yeah. financing it with tax dollars. Yeah. But you're, you're making a, a season in a year. Yes. Yeah. 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 A year. yeah. That's what we do is a season a year so. It's a lot of travel. I, I'm it's on the road about. It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I actually tell people all the time, you know, it's it's not an actual job. <laughs> so, it, so you know, we have too much fun to call Don't it a job. Don't tell anybody. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know, I got to wake That's up. That's an morning. inside secret. We it's want inside to tell exactly. fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll deny, Cats deny, out deny. The bag. Yeah. yeah. It's so much hard work. Yeah. But but it's actually it's really not. I mean, I I go to bed at night going, God darn it, I got to sleep for, you know, I know my body needs it, but I I don't want it. And when I wake up in the morning, yes, I've got the whole day ahead of me to, to do what I do. It's, it's uh, you know, we, we get one life and, and we're in the industry and we're, I'm sure people listening would love to be if they're not. Yeah. And you know, what I say is you have one life. It's, it's your life. Nobody owns that life, just you. So make your choices to do what you want to do with that life because there's no redos. There's no redos. And, and if you're truly passionate about something that makes you happy and you love it, Pursue it. We we actually Do got it. we actually got an email last week from someone saying that they had changed their career completely. They left the army. They're doing something else. And after listening to our show, they decided that they're just going to go for it. And now they've been accepted into gamekeeping college to become a gamekeeper. And, and it's from they're, listening. It's because of the guests that we have. The guests we have. It inspired them. To, yeah. But but it's also you guys set the example. You're doing this. Look at you're here. You made the effort to be here. You've got the people. I mean, I posted a photograph. On Instagram yesterday, and and I mean, people are coming on there saying how great you guys are. You know, you guys do a great job. So it's it's you guys are doing. It. You know, your guests fine, yeah, but but you guys are making that happen. So so thank you. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, pat yourself. You know, I, I think you know anybody who is lucky enough to be involved and have this as part of their life has in a, in a small way a responsibility to help share it. Uh, absolutely. And, and yeah. some of us, some people have the opportunity to do it to a greater extent or less. Yes. Obviously you have a, you've got a big profile so you have in a way you've got a big responsibility because a lot of people are looking at you and taking inspiration from the stuff that you do. Yeah, and, to, and to we, make we take it seriously. Yeah. We, we I understand that. I accept it and we take that seriously. And and in the end, you know, I've been asked what what I want my legacy to be. Mm. If my legacy is just that I made a positive difference on the perception of hunting and hunters, you know, for the non-hunters, I'll feel this is a wonderful way to spend a life. So that that's my that's my goal. I take it very seriously to to uh, you know I don't know I don't want to say enlighten but inspire you know anyone that's got aspirations to do what I do say yes you can do it you can do it and and you know all it takes is is determination it does we were we were interviewing remy warren uh, two weeks ago and he was saying that because he's yeah, he's a young guy and how did he start and he just decided he wanted to do something he packed up all of his stuff and he just went to montana and just started hunting because sure. <laughs> if, if you don't actually go and do it you'll never know you can't just you, sit and wander forever no of course not i mean the world's full of people that regret yeah not trying at some point in their life and they, and they you know some all of a sudden you know 
you're old. Yeah, it's and, very, and very rare that you regret doing something. Exactly. I guess trying, as you yeah. get older, you regret the things you never did. Sure, and you don't know what your potential would have been. You don't know it was never realized because you never tried it, and and maybe you're afraid of failing. And and you know, fair enough. You know, why waste time if you think you're going to fail? But but if you really love something, you got to try it. You got to try if you it. Really. People are best at things that they're passionate about. Of course. And I've seen that yeah. in careers that I've changed. If I was to give advice to anybody, it is always that if you get to the point where you are not putting all of you into whatever it is that your job is, it's time to move on. You might want to consider yeah. changing careers. Do, do something you love. Yeah. So you're here, you're at the show in Iwa, but I would imagine if I was a betting man that you're probably not just going to be here doing this. Have you got any hunting plans? Well, no, if I'm, if I'm traveling all the way to Europe, there's, <laughs> yeah, no, right. there's no way that I'm going home without hunting. So, so what, what else, what, what's in uh, store for you after the show? Uh, I, I head straight down to uh, Spain, to Barcelona tomorrow, and we'll be archery hunting for Bassete Ibex oh. for, for four days. Great. I, I believe I'm archery hunting. I've I got to make sure that it's legal, but I'm, I'm definitely going. <laughs> they do a lot of boat yeah, hunting. Yeah, they do. Okay, yeah. so, so I'm. You're I'm, all good there. If you, okay, said, perfect, if you said England, there <laughs> might have been a problem. Yeah, yeah or, or yeah. Russia. But, yeah. but no, I, I'll be bow hunting for four days, and then, uh, you know, same sort of thing. If I'm way on this side of the world, there's no way I'm going home without hunting somewhere else. So yeah, I, you want to go and have another experience. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I'm going to go down to South Africa and. And I, I'm going to hunt along the Limpopo River. I've always wanted to hunt there. It is beautiful. Yeah, I haven't. Been, I've not it's been. It's awesome. Lim, l, the Limpopo region, it's just it's fantastic. You, you, where have you? You've been in Zambia, Zimbabwe before. Yes. So you're. It's a little bit, a little bit like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Botswana is on the border Botswana, with Botswana. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so that, that's. I, I, and I want to hunt a Limpopo bushbuck. Just that is free oh. range along the along the Limpopo River. You know, no, I've hunted them before, and I've got yeah. one with my bow, and I. But but you know there's just things that I kind of want to do and that's that's one. It's, it's one of my favorite antelope in Africa. Oh, of course, it's, it's and of course you got the, all the variations amongst it. Yeah, and I, I've hunted them all. Right? I've hunted them all, but I, I would hunt them again and again and again. That's one of the animals. There's some animals I wouldn't go back and hunt twice, but but bushbuck I'll hunt all the time. Warthogs, love it. You know yeah. any of the dikers I'll hunt them all the time. You know, but but I wouldn't. Oh, that that's <laughs> just wrong. Deer walking past us, what's deer going on past. No, not just walk by us, but actually <laughs> taunting us, taunting us that we're we're doing a podcast and we can't have beer, but he can. That's that's just wrong. I, I was kind of hoping he was going to put them down and then bring us. You know what? Then. There was hope in the eyes there. He made contact with me as if like I've, I've sorted you yeah, out. And but then, and then never he, mind. You know, he just laughed us off. Yeah, it's uh. So that'll be a, that'll be a great experience. How how long are you going to be in Africa for? I have uh, seven days there, and and we're, I'm working with uh, Alexei from Book Your Hunt. Okay, yeah. Agafodnov, do you know him? I don't know them, but uh, actually, we're speaking to some of the guys. They're just setting setting that up in the UK now. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, we're, we're one of the guys in right now. Okay, you, yeah. you definitely want to be on that that train because it, it's a train and it's mm-hmm. not stopping. It's the future. We'll, we'll all be using that in so, five, I mean, what, as a matter of interest, just explain it to us for, the, for people who haven't heard well, of it before. you know, if we book a hotel room nowadays, do you, do you call a travel agent and say, can you book me a hotel room? No, no nobody does. You, you go online and you, you it's check. It's an app, booking.com. Uh, done. That's, that, this is exactly what this is. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And, and as, you know, it's the, it's the beginning of it, the infancy. So at the beginning, every outfitter is created equal that's, that's on there. And most of the outfitters realize they got to be on there already. Yeah. And, and most can't afford big marketing budgets to come to fancy shows. I mean, it costs us $30,000 to set up at, at, at a show with my outfitting operation. It's, it's expensive. Yeah, yeah, I have to sell a lot of hunts. A lot of outfitters aren't that big. They can't, you know, they can't incorporate that cost in their budget. So Book Your Hunt allows them to be on an equal footing with me, with everybody, every other outfitter. So at the beginning of Book Your Hunt, every outfitter is created equal. Now, as hunters book and go with these outfitters, they report how good the hunt was and the reviews put them uh, the reviews higher, the reviews yeah. put them higher or lower now in five years when the database is big enough why would you take a chance on booking i mean how i don't know you're you guys are young i'm old i've been around a lot and i've been on a lot of <laughs> crappy hunts yeah. that i gambled on the outfitter because i thought oh, he's a nice guy telling me the truth no he wasn't telling me the truth and it was turned out to Half be the a, truth <laughs> yeah if yeah. if yeah. I mean, i've been i've been where there was zero truth involved <laughs> So, so, Were you, you know, even in the right country? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, that's to tell you the truth. I here, a quick funny segue. I, I, uh, and this isn't the outfitters; it was communication. But I, I, 
I got a call to go to Turkey a, a, a few months ago for a Konya Mufon hunt. And I, I said, yes, yes. I sent the money and flew over. There was like a four-day, you got to come on now. It's a good price. I flew over and I, I arrived at 11 o'clock at night in, in Konya, Turkey, which is, it takes a long time to get there. My bags were just coming out on the conveyor belt, and I said to the outfitter, I said, this is so great. How'd you, you know, free-range Konya Mufon. And he said, oh, no, it's not free-range. It's high fence. Uh, I said, uh, I don't do high fence. <laughs> and so I, before my bags got to me on the carousel, I'd already called my people and said, book me on the next flight home. So 11 o'clock at night, I was, I, you were I was on, on the flight back. the next morning at 7 in the morning to go back to North America. So, I mean, and that's not their fault. It, but it, but if, communication, it, communication. But if I'd have had bookyourhunt.com and, and you just known. checked it, yeah. I would have known. And, and this is this will be, it's the future of hunting. We're all going to use it. Have you done any hunting in the UK? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, in Scotland in particular. Scotland in yeah. particular. Yeah. I've done England as well. The only place I haven't hunted yet is uh, Ireland. Okay. Haven't hunted there. But I'm, I'm actually meeting a fellow right after... We talk to yeah. uh, go hunt Ireland. Oh, a, a lot of when I choose where I, what I want to hunt is based on where I want to hunt. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. You know, I've hunted Sika deer before, but but I want to go to uh, Ireland and hunt them there. They're free ranging. Yep. I, yeah, I just want to go try it. There's not a place on the planet you haven't really been. I actually, I think I saw a picture of you with a map, and I think you had pins. And, yeah. Oh, uh, oh yeah. yeah. That yeah, we have it at and the museum. Uh, it's pretty pretty full. It's pretty, <laughs> yeah. If, if there's hunting in the countries, I you'll, uh, be you'll go. Yeah, I, I will go if I haven't been. Yeah, but mostly I've been. I want. I wanted to ask you about the museum. The, what it just looks incredible. Every time you put up a picture, it blows me away because I when when you first started talking about it, I thought yeah, just you know, a little little museum and testament to all the places you've been and things you've collected over the years. I know a little bit about some of your fascination of uh, you know the different cultures, but that is a big big operation that you've it's, undertaken there. Trust me, every spare minute at home I'm, I'm curating down there. Yeah. Or, I mean, I love, I'm a collector. I've always been a collector since I've been young. So I, I, I and, and if there's a single running theme through everything, it's I love what what we've done with our hands, the hands of man. That's actually the name of the museum. And it, it, hands uh, of man. Yeah, hand of man. And there's a, there's a you, you know, in the cave paintings when they used to blow paint against the wall and leave their handprint? Yeah. yeah. That's that's actually the, the logo. And it, it's a museum of natural history, cultural arts, and conservation, which to me, they're all tied together. We've, we've touched the wildlife around this world so much that, that we can't deny that we're managing every wildlife population. They, and, and the museum, the idea is to show people the connection between us and wildlife and the, the nature that that's that's truly what the museum is all about so there's there yes there's there's mounts there's a lot of full body mounts but there's also skeletons i mean the skeletons is what fascinates they're, me they're so cool i love it i love it and and he has a hunter, ridiculous collection of uh, I, oh, ever since you? a little kid yeah, yeah. i collected bones and, yeah. and skulls, skulls often stuff i found dead you you're, when we're done this podcast <laughs> I'll, sh- I'll show you some pictures of, of my skull room that i've oh. put together it's i've done the same thing yeah. and and as hunters we there's not one hunter that walks by a, a shed deer antler and doesn't pick it up. No, at least and, to look at it. Uh, of course, yeah. and and uh, even a skull of something. All of us do that. A, a yeah. bird's nest, you know. If, if we see a uh, hornet's nest, I mean, we're all fascinated. We're birds that fly by. We're, we're what we're, was that? We're, yeah. we're actually we call ourselves hunters, and we're you know we're kind of labeled as hunters because they focus on the fact that we kill animals. But but actually, what we are is naturalists. And 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 sometime in the last three hundred years, there was a divergence. Naturalists kind of went out of vogue and they became scientists or artists and 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 they just went off in different directions and they've not really joined back together so to me this museum brings the art and the science back together so so you won't see shoulder mounts in this museum you know like that are obviously hunting mounts there you'll see full body mounts and you won't see them leaping you know where it's artistry of of motion for taxidermy because it's it's about the animals, you know. Just this is what they look like in the wild. This is how they stand. This is a realistic pose for them. So, so it's um, it, it's my it's I guess what I want to share, and essentially it's a lifetime of what I've collected. All the artifacts. There, there's actually more artifacts 
in that museum and, and art, ethnocentric art from around the world, tribal art. I assume the nose of that canoe that you got cut off. Yeah, from. yeah. Where, where was that again? That Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea. Yeah, that was up what the Sepik. Awesome episode. Yeah, it was up the Sepik River. Wow. I, uh, yeah, it was a, I cut, well, I cut several noses off canoes. The, yeah. The, the, you know, they were called noses, they're prows of the canoe. Yeah, yeah well, for, for the listeners, he did get permission. Yeah, yeah well, I know. And, and not only that. You were just hacking off yeah. as you're yeah. going down the river. <laughs> no, there are some beauties that I would love to hack off, yeah, but yeah. they're, no, these were canoes that, that were all filled with holes. They're oh, not, okay. They're not in use anymore. So, yeah, to, in case anybody's a, a canoe activist, <laughs> anti canoe hacker offer, it was like, no, these were, these were dead canoes. Even so, for you, who had traveled so, even so much at that point, the trip to Papua New Guinea, which I think was the first season of Uncharted, very first season, yeah, must Fantastic. have been so Absolutely far amazing. removed from anything you'd experienced. Oh, I, I, I was looking forward to that trip for well since I heard about Papua New Guinea. How can you not? The, the I sea, didn't even know you could hunt there until you'd made the. Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, you. You can actually hunt some of the indigenous animals too, like the cassowary, the most dangerous bird in the world. I was looking. But but it's a it's kind of a great. I've, I've heard about this most dangerous bird in the world. Yeah, I they, they were talking about it um, on the show, and I'm not convinced if it is the yeah, most yeah, dangerous, yeah. dangerous like boo, bird. It's yeah. going to run away. Yeah. It's, it's a bird. Yeah, it's a bird. No, but it's a very big bird. Yeah, and, and apparently it's got uh, great big spikes sticking uh, out of its uh, you know, okay. dew claws or what yeah, do they call yeah. it? Those yeah. Yeah, I'd be more fair to like a, a fear of an ostrich because they can get pretty nasty. Sure, they, but but these apparently are worse than ostrich because they're more aggressive, mm-hmm. more protective of whatever they protect mm. their babies, their nests, their you know their space. I don't know, but they they have killed people, and that's mm. that's the big deal. They actually disembowel people with those with big hooks. Yeah. hooks. What, what do they call them on uh, uh, another trick? Yeah, no, it, it, oh, yeah, Jew claw would be like on a dog. Yeah, uh, but I've, it's uh, I've the gone, spiky I've thing. Gone mind <laughs> yeah. Blank. yeah, I mean, I know a turkey. Yeah, yeah, turkey has a snood and yeah. it's got a you know a, a comb, and but this is the spikes on their spur. legs. Spur. There you go. That's, that's what it. it is. But they're they're like like yeah. knife blade, big long four inch things. Mm. So they'll they've disemboweled people that uh, somehow get cross. I'm gonna have to them. look this bird up because this is the first I've ever heard of it. No, it was cool. And you know what? I I never saw one when I was there, but I saw so fresh tracks that the water was still seeping into them. I wanted to see that a bird of paradise, which I did see. Yeah, you know, there's several species down there, but I, I saw the one. We didn't capture it on camera. It was flitting through the trees up above, which it was tough conditions there. Oh, uh, I was when all that rain was coming yeah, down. I, think, yeah, I don't even know how you captured it. It's Papua New Guinea. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that. That was spectacular. I mean, up the fly. That was up the Fly River where we got the rain really yeah. badly. But the Sepik River, for me, I mean, I, I was buying artifacts like statues out of their their big lodges their sort of communal lodges where they do i don't know whatever they do how many there. suitcases did you go home with? oh it was nuts it was, it was crazy it was, like honestly it was it was uh it was ridiculous uh, sorry brian you don't need this <laughs> yeah, oh no I, I dumped everything i had no clothes i had nothing it was everything i was bringing strictly artifacts back no gear even even my binos I gave away to the uh, locals. Oh yeah, because it was weight, right? So I yeah. could put more stuff in yeah. my carry-on. So no, I, I was uh, I, I brought back a lot, and and I, there was a banning. We we went to the ah, um, oh, my brain's gone dead. Uh, one of the uh, New Ireland, and and the uh, the banning tribe was there, the fire people, and we. Mm. You know, one they, of my favorite scenes, though. Unbelievable with the dance where they, they kick yeah, the embers. Incredible. And they wear these big giants. It's in the opening, yeah, uh, opening cre- credits. That's right, the original, yeah. the yeah. original credits, yeah. And, and they wear masks that are three feet tall and three feet square. And I mean, I could have got one it so simply. And, I, and they're beautiful, this big gargoyle-looking yeah. mass. And I, and I, but there was absolutely no way to bring that back. No, I, I couldn't, couldn't figure out how to do it. Couldn't do it on an airplane too You big. could see just the look on your face and Corey Norton's face when that oh, was all going on. It was just like, I'm absorbed. Right, so you're, it's, it's like you're in another world, but it's our world. Yeah. We, it's just a part of the world that... We're, we're just quite far removed from we're, that. We're so no. far. I mean, look where we are, right? It's uh, yeah. Who would think that people dress like that and... and Dance around fires. Yeah, they deify the volcano and... And, and yeah, kick fire around with bare feet. I mean, uh, I don't know. It just doesn't quite compute. But I, I, uh, I loved it. I, Papua New Guinea, I'd go back in a, in a second with bigger suitcases. Yeah. <laughs> do you think you will go back? I do think so. I think um, there's places that I, and, and not necessarily for the hunting. Just I, to go yeah, and immerse I, yourself. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'd go up the Seabrook River even further than we went last time and visit every little side tributary village and get as far off the beaten path as I possibly can. 
I, I mean, I, I just, it's funny. I feel more at home in those kind of places than I do, you know, here yeah. in the city where we're supposed to belong. So, so will, will your museum be, it's going to be open, I assume? I'm, I'm working, work? I'm, we're actually working towards a hard opening in uh, end of June of this year. Wow, as soon as that? Yeah. And where is it? <laughs> Whereabouts it's, is it? It's Vancouver Island. Okay. So anybody that's coming to Vancouver Island, you'll be able to find us. Uh, it, it'll, uh, you know, I mean, hunters will love it. I, I know hunters will love it. There's not, you know, we've brought people, not so opening, not soft openings, but, but people that know us through somebody and, and, you know, I'll bring them through as we've developed, you know, set it up and see what people like and how they react. And, and the response has been tremendous. We brought a classroom through, um, 30 youngsters, grade 10 to grade 12, just as an experiment because it's, it's an see education See how, how they would react. It, it was fascinating. It was fascinating. The, uh, we, we made them fill out forms on, on whether at the end of it, whether their mind had been changed about hunting. And, and there was 30 students, and 22 of them said yes, but there was eight that said no. And I was kind of bummed about that. I was going, wow, man, we, you know, we should have been 100%. What went on? Yeah. Well, it turns out the eight are hunters. Okay. So they, 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 you know, it was a stupid So it was 100% question. success. Yeah. yeah, it was 100% success. We didn't change the hunter's mind, but we changed everybody yeah. that didn't hunt their mind. on. They, they understood at the end of it man's relationship to nature and how we're inexorably linked we can't remove ourselves from nature and think that you know if we just don't touch them it'll be fine no it's everything's managed nowadays we've it's changed. a myth that yeah of it's course. a bit of a fairy tale kind of uh it's, it's you know what eden eden's long gone and get over it we're, we're you know we're gonna have to deal with our 7.5 billion of us living in this Going world counting yeah. yeah and and growing every second and you know the wildlife of the world doesn't number that it just doesn't number that. But but cows do. There's 7 billion cows. Yeah. There's 25 billion chickens. And everything impacts. Yeah, of course it does. People that think, you know, uh, tofu fields, well, bean fields, soybean. They, you know, we have these discussions all the time. Yeah, ve- vegans <laughs> feel that I don't kill anything. You're horrible. Oh, wait a minute. Just Those soybean fields, what do you think live there before you turn them into soybean fields? Now they're a monoculture. Nothing lives there except soybeans. Of course, you killed wildlife. We we had this um, on our Instagram the other day. Someone actually, for once, very polite. Um, yeah, vegan, yeah she very polite. Vegan, yeah. Um, questioning our ethics. It's actually quite weird because her husband listens to our podcast. And I didn't he catch that. <laughs> yeah, so he obviously, I think he either hunts, but she is very much hard yeah. core vegan. So so she's questioning us. I, we have no problem replying back to people that are of actually course. reasonable yep. because you got to take the time to do it. Yep. Um, the only problem was, you know, I'm coming up with all these points, this, this, and this. She's bringing up points about industrial farming. And, you know, I've, yeah, I don't agree with all the things that goes on with, with yep. uh, large-scale industrial farming. Um, but she kept in, um, ignoring my comments, asking her, well, you know, things die for your food because as soon as you grow any kind of crop it's protected it's particularly you know in the UK we even see it time and time again even at the insect level uh, you, yeah, you've got exactly. to think of that nothing lives there because we can't have anything if we're going to produce a big volume of your, your, grain your citrus yeah. fruits as well your yeah. and your avocados all those things that come from Africa and that, that our monkeys are trying to steal and, and your smaller mammals either they're fenced they're out or they're controlled and I for some reason they either want to choose to ignore this or just don't want to admit it don't want to admit that well, they, things they, die. they can't because because the world they built crumbles in around them yeah, yeah. it's a it's a hypocrisy mm-hmm. and and who wants to suddenly sit back and go wow oh, everything i believed in is is wrong and all the people that i absolutely didn't believe in are right yeah. you know it's 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 very very hard to minimize your negative impacts as an individual person on the planet but there are lots of things we can do we we always say if you can eat local, particularly in countries where you can grow your own fruit, in, well, in the UK, fruit sometimes is a bit of a hard one, depending on what fruit you're but growing. You can only but, source it from. But you can the source country, it. Yes. But my point is vegetables. Eating seasonal vegetables within the country you're in to reduce the impact of it coming on a ship, yep. three thousand miles across the planet to get to you, yep. um, and eating stuff if you can't hunt yourself eating from a local butcher because then you can source your food exactly where it comes from opposed to large supermarkets yeah th- this is a local war movement we have it yeah. over in north america it's as pushing, well it's getting it's, here into it's europe getting now. into europe yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and, and you know the 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 good side of that is hunting becomes part of that if yeah. they're truly organic living want to be responsible then they go hunting 
Yeah. You know, it's, it's why not? It's I mean, the it's, ultimate connection and responsibility to the meat on yeah. your plate. And we see we see them. It's interesting. I saw, I've seen two front page articles on the Vancouver uh, or Vancouver newspaper. Vancouver is a very left leaning city. It's like Los Angeles North. And but two times over the last couple of years, I've seen articles front page of of hunters, but they're not. You know, the hunters make it very clear that they're not hunters like the other hunters. Yeah, yeah. not like they're, those guys. Yeah, yeah, they're they're you know we're the new hunters. You know, mm-hmm. we we only hunt for this reason. It's it's very interesting. You know, they, once once they get into it, which is great. Welcome, welcome. You know, but you'll learn, and and you'll end up convergently evolving to be you know the hunters that you're disparaging because because they actually are the true hunters. You know, you're you're, you're Starting, you're a beginner, and, and you have There's to believe to that to justify what you're doing. But in fact, when you learn more about it, you'll realize that the hunters that have come before you are the true conservationists. The reason you can hunt at all and even talk about anything to do with hunting is because of them. Yeah. So they, they all learn well, you, eventually. You have such an in North America and into Canada. There's such an incredible story there with the the resurgence of game off sure. the back of hunters. Yeah, and, the, the uh, North American the, model for incredible. wildlife management is... is uh, I've just written about the Boone and Crockett Club and their their role in that sure. for a hunting magazine in, in the UK. And a, a lot of people in Europe won't know that story. But I think it's, it's important to learn from that. And it's an amazing story as well. It's an incredible story. Yeah, the, and the, it's... The Theodore yeah, I mean, Roosevelt and those guys. Yeah, and, and they, uh, yeah, Theodore Roosevelt. I mean, they, they, they took a meat... Hunt, not, not even meat hunting. It was, it was market, market hunting. Market hunting. It? it wasn't even they, really they just hunting. Looked, they looked at the wildlife as hamburger, a convenient virtue that you had in this new country. You know, so their manifest destiny where we get the entire, yeah. you know, America is ours. Yeah, Everything on it is ours. Just, yeah, yeah you know, it's not a renewable resource. It's a resource extractable done. Mm. But that's, you know, it was Theodore Roosevelt that started and said, yeah. no, wait a minute. Let's make, let's put an ethos to this killing and let's make it be old animals only. So hence trophy hunting. Trophy hunting saved the wildlife in North America. And there's the misunderstanding. It, people right don't there. people don't, they disparage trophy hunting because they they think it's a guy who puts his foot on the animal and, and you know yeah yeah there's no question that you know guys like Howard Ruark and, and mm. Hemingway yeah. you know these these macho they guys they romanticized it yeah. in a way that and it was yeah. it was it was actually did a disservice to, to what we stand for as hunters. I, I'm not the biggest fan of those guys. You know, writers, okay, they're obviously great writers, but, but I think they did a service. They caused that pendulum to start swinging backwards. You know, they, they well, were, Because people looked at them and wanted to emulate it. Well, of course, and they, and they were misogynists, let's face it. Just read any of the books. Yeah, <laughs> so, so I mean, who, who you know, I, I, I get it. I, I would all probably have been against it too and been part of the pendulum swinging. But the problem with the pendulum swinging really hard to stop that momentum when it hits the bottom and gets full power up the hill yeah. you know away it goes well now the pendulum is stopping again and it, it'll you know it'll and slowly it, 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 i definitely see the shift oh, it, it is it is it's it building is. yeah it's building yeah. and there's younger people there the younger people you know the byproducts of the babies of the 60s hippies you know they were pretty idealistic and you know ideologues they let's save the world well no the, the young kids nowadays, they're, they're just smarter. They're not prepared to be sold a bill of goods. You know, they're, they're, I mean, we always say, woe is the next generation. I don't see that. I actually see really smart youngsters that are, they, they don't take it just because you say it. Because they, they've been so used to garbage in the news that they, they believe the truth. They just want to, what's the truth? And, and so I, I actually have hope, and I think they'll, they'll gravitate towards hunting. They know. Why would they want to eat a... Uh, you know, a, a fuel-injected beef steak when they can have an organic, you know, wild Elk game moose, meat. Yeah. Of course, there's no. It just that's makes what fills sense. my well, not alcohol moose, but <laughs> game meat. That's what fills my freezer. Yeah. If, if you want moose, come over and visit the museum. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll give you a, I'll give you a moose feed. That's for sure. That's what um, I'm actually like. traveling to Norway next month just to have moose. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, with, it's, with, uh, with my friends, I said, when I get there, I expect to eat moose the entire time because the only time I get a chance to actually eat it when I'm there. When, is that right? Eh? Well, come yeah. to Canada. We, well, that's what I grew up on, and that's what our family's I, going up on. I always look at your all that the, you've wrapped in the, that brown like yeah, wax paper yeah, in yeah. your freezer. Uh, with some jealousy. Well, <laughs> that, that's, yeah, you're not you're not the only one. Although, <laughs> yeah. I, although my old school wrapping it up in brown paper apparently isn't a cool way to no, do it nowadays. But I, I was just saying the other day, why don't we do that? 
I, I think I'm going to go back to that. If that's the yeah. old school way, let, it, well, let's it do is, it. it. We're going to make it trendy. Do you think that the, the butchers back home, they would all they it. would always wrap it in the brown yeah. paper? Is it, it's like okay. a wax paper. It's wax on yeah. one side. Yeah, yeah, it's wax paper. It's actually a great fire starter too, by the way. If, oh, you're, ever, if you're ever out in the <laughs> wilderness, yeah. take take a, a roll of that. You'll, you'll never have to worry about starting a fire. Any match go. in the rain will start that. If you can get it, if you get it, a match lit, yeah. it'll, it'll light the paper and you can light Every a fire. Every day is a school day. It is, yeah. yeah. And I'm going to go from plastic. Well, it's actually, it's probably better environmentally, isn't it? In the long run, I, I suspect it's got a smaller footprint. <laughs> but, but I mean, the thing is you're, you're not going to be able to store your meat for three years. You're no, you get, do have to get through it and consume yeah, it. Yeah, you got to eat it. But yeah. but you know what? Moose season is every year. so Yeah, yeah. you need to get through We, we yeah. consume we consume we, our, like halfway our, through our the year yeah. we, we go and take all the stuff from the, the bottom, bottom of the yeah, freezer we do, and bring yeah. it up yeah. Yeah. We, you know we give a lot away I mean obviously yeah. I do a lot of hunting uh, it's one of the reasons my wife says she doesn't hunt she said like our family needs more wild game it's like <laughs> why you know, I bring caribou and moose but we give a lot away so we feed a lot of families not, not just our own family which I think you know. I think a lot of hunters are like that. It's amazing how much food exchanges hands just because we want to. Of course they do. It's always you know historically there's been ten percent of us hunt, ten percent, and of that ten percent, you know there was a percentage that were better hunters and a percentage that were worse and some were mediocre. But when they went out, they they were providing for the ninety percent that didn't hunt. Mm. You know someone had to make baskets and build rock walls to protect you against the other cavemen. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the hunters were always just 10%. We provided for the tribe. We always did. You know, people nowadays, they'll, they'll say, why do you kill so much? You only, if you're going to kill, I get that. You need one for mm. to feed yourself. You say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. The, you know, a farmer or a rancher essentially is a type of hunter in a way. Yeah. They're, you know, they need one cow for their family, but, but that's not what they do. They have a herd that they yeah. feed many many you know hundreds of families hunters are the same way we're the same we, our meat doesn't get wasted that we take from these animals it, it gets used by by families and there's nobody yet has turned down an offer of wild game meat when i've said hey when we, we have birds hanging in the the garage uh the amount of cars that arrive at our house you yeah, got any yeah. uh, birds we can we can take hey on you go t- yeah, take take it, it home exactly people love it they love it. That, that's again another reason why I'm I'm bullish on the future for hunting because, you know, of that there's 10% that hunt, there's 10% that don't like hunting, and of those a very small percentage are extremely vocal about it and violent about it. But then there's 80% in the middle, and half of those already kind of like us. You know, they're on our side, and then there's half that they'll lean the other way depending on what story they hear. You know, in the news recently, but. Of that 80%, when you give any of them wild game, like your, your pheasants or yeah. whatever's hanging in your garage or moose meat, in our case over in Canada, they all accept it and they, and they all brag to their friends how they're having wild game meat. I guarantee it. They will. It's a we've special e- We've event. even converted um, someone who lives locally to us who they basically don't have any meat in their house because his wife They, they, they moved close to my parents and they were yeah. vegetarians when they, yeah. they moved there. He wasn't, but his wife was, so he wasn't. And well. they rock up our house and there's yeah. deer, deer hanging, hanging yeah. and everything. You and can imagine. Welcome to your new neighbor. <laughs> yeah. so we, they have converted now. They, they don't have meat normally, but when we give them meat, they, they eat, they eat, they eat yeah. the game meat. So even sure. the, her... her being a vegetarian, she will eat the game meat because she understands where, that we have sourced it. Yes. So I, she's I, happy and with that's, that. And that's, when they're open-minded like that, that's fantastic. Yes, great. It's when they, again, get caught up in the ideology and, and uh, they become a little virulent in their, their efforts to stop other people doing what, I, what they do. It, it makes no sense to me. I think it, it's uh, part of wanting to belong, part of a club. Like They, yeah. they feel like they have this society or group sure. that's behind them and I think everybody wants to belong to something yeah, and, and believe that there's and you know what come the and belong to the hunters because <laughs> yeah. we're here but you know, what, you know what the crazy thing is as hunters I mean yeah we like to belong but we don't worry about stuff like that no, very much we, nah. we just we're, we're you know we're happy like I said earlier I'm happiest being away from people and and if they want to go, let them do, let the world do what it does. Uh, you know, I, I don't. I just couldn't imagine run. being that angry or, or just thinking <laughs> yeah. all the time. About, I, I, it would be exhausting. But yeah, on top of that, like I well, like to, I enjoy other people regardless <laughs> of yeah. what they do. And, and you've got your own life, and <laughs> yeah. you're going to dedicate your life to having to stopping somebody else from having their life. Like, eh. It's strange. <laughs> it, it, is, it doesn't make that much no, sense. Well, it doesn't to us as hunters. No, and, yeah. and that's part of the reason we've been so ineffective in our messaging to the non-hunting public. Because we don't care. 
Yeah. We, we, and we, we do know need to it. understand it more so that we can yeah. allow them to understand what we do. We, yeah, exactly. We, we have to kind of open up and spend. But, you know, who wants to do that when we can be outside breathing fresh air and, and <laughs> trying to hunt? I mean, it's a, I, do I really want to spend three hours trying to convince somebody that we should, you know, they should understand hunting? I mean, I know we need to, but I, I'd rather be outside. Yeah. But then on a larger scale, and, and as a way to kind of wrap this up, because I know you've got things to do next, uh, stuff like Uncharted, you know, films and series like Uncharted, which is accessible and watchable yes. by people who are not hunters, that is a way that we can start to tell stories yes, we, we and re- make it more accessible. Yeah, absolutely. We, we reach a greater audience. And, and we're reaching outside of just our already converted yeah. hunting audience. There's no point the talking to ourselves all the no, time. No, we, we already understand. Yeah. But... but it, it does appeal to non-hunters. That, that, and that's, that, I think, is the beauty of Uncharted. And as I said, harkens back to legacy. Uh, you know, it makes a positive difference on the perception of hunting and hunters by the non-hunting public. So that, that's what Uncharted is. And, and we, everything we've basically spoken about, Uncharted is, is a way of telling that story to somebody other than you know, us three sitting here and who's ever listening who are probably hunters. You know, but but they'll take it away and and have those conversations with other people. Uh, of course, and and every little bit helps. If if uh, you know, however many people are listening right now, of anyone who's listening, <laughs> go go tell ten people. Make it an effort to tell ten people what hunting means. Just make that effort. You know, and and you'll convert those ten people once they understand. And and if you have to do it by giving away some of your precious wild game meat, do it. It's worth it because they'll they'll then tell other people, and it's amazing once you've educated them how they're so interested in educating other people say no no wait i heard this is what i understand you know this is a hundred yeah, they, they want to share that of course they yeah. want to share because it's you know we, we if you want bad news just go watch tv we're, we're, we're humans we actually like good news yeah we actually like to share good news positive and environment that's why i actively don't actually turn the news on in the morning first thing because you know, it's, it, it's there's no positive messaging going on no, in the morning yeah, and, and, and you know if i want right-wing news i turn on you know this channel if i want left-wing news <laughs> yeah. I, it's like well wait a minute you what do you want to hear today yeah it's you're supposed to be journalists i should be able to any one of you if you're actually professional and doing your job i should be able to understand both sides of the story from listening one to story any, yeah, yeah from any channel but that's not what's happening. That's and why we listen to podcasts when I'm commuting to well, work. Well, yeah, you know what? You, that's the best way. Yeah. It, it truly is the best way because you're getting a, an unedited, there's no, like, I don't believe I've tried to sell any products no, no. on this podcast. It's just unfiltered. So, we barely even edit these, you know, levels. Yeah, what people levels, say is what yeah people just, say. just for sound, yeah. exactly. But it's not, you're, you're going to get an unfiltered truth when, when you're listening to podcasts. And I do the same thing. And now I'm going to start listening to you guys. Since, since you seem to have such interesting guests on. <laughs> Jim, it's been an absolute honor to have you on. Uh, it's, uh, we've, you've been very high on our list since we started the podcast, and so I'm very grateful that we finally had the chance. Uh, it's my honor, gentlemen, and I love to see the younger generation carrying on this, this effort that, you know, I mean, I've been a part of for 40 years now, so it's, it's great to see. It gives me hope, and, and you've actually made my day. <laughs> thank, thank you very you. much, and we thank look you. forward to seeing what else you're up to in the next coming years. Yeah, you won't be able to miss it. We're going to do our best to make sure everybody knows what we're up to. <laughs> Brilliant. We really hope you enjoyed listening to that. I've um, I just edited it, so I listened to it again. I, I know I, people enjoyed it. Yeah, I know people <laughs> enjoyed it. And if you are a, li- a new listener to the show, uh, then welcome. Uh, make sure you go back and listen. There's some amazing guests that we've had on uh, over the last almost well two and a half years two and a half years um amazing guests and uh, in fact we get it quite often people asking oh it would be great if you did this on a show or or have you done this and can you direct me in the correct way and we do reply back to people so um if there is something you want to know or a show that you go what what should i listen to then we can direct you in that yeah we've had we had a lot of big names mentioned recently and we're kind of, we're slowly ticking ticking them off remy warren was one that was requested for ages and ages and he was on a few weeks it just back. it just takes time lining 
people up because they've got busy schedules. They've got guys. very busy schedules. We're busy, so trying to get that, and especially when you um, obviously this podcast was a lot easier because we were both in the same place. Uh, but other shows, when you've got a six, seven hour time difference, it makes it a lot more difficult to do it. Uh, oh yeah, and I was going to say, I probably should have said this at the start, if you could hear lots of background noise and clinking and stuff like that, that was just because that was the, the background hum of the show. We weren't actually in the middle of the show when we were doing the interview, we were actually a little bit uh, removed like from the balcony, the balcony area. But you could still hear uh, the the buzz of the show behind. And if you are a new listener, it's not always well-known, famous people. We discover some gems of knowledge from people you might never have heard of. And for me, that's actually one of the, some of the most exciting podcasts. One I can think of recently was, uh, because we had a huge amount of feedback on it, was Sam Thompson. You know, not yeah. uh, like a high-profile was- figure like Jim Shockey, but fascinating fascinating podcast he he kicked off this year actually uh sam uh for 2018 we're in 2018 we're on 2018 uh yeah he kicked off this year and i think if we went through our messages he was probably up there with some some of your big big names in terms of uh feedback and emails we got off the back of that so when you're, you're scrolling through obviously it's easy to gravitate to the names that you know but don't be fearful of listening to one of something like a complete unknown because there's some awesome podcasts in there with people who are not particularly well known, known on the sort of public platform. Yeah. So um, join us again. I think it's going to be in just over two weeks yeah. uh, time. And like I said, we'll get back to Hopefully the- we've survived. Because we, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you if the podcast never comes out again, uh, then you know that we've been eaten by polar bears. Um, we're going and to, frozen to death. Yeah, yeah, we're going to Svalbard. Um, it it's just, it's, it's the coldest place we've ever been. It's currently life, minus so. seventeen today. I think on Saturday that's centigrade for the American listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, twenty degrees centigrade, um, and then on Saturday it's going to be minus twenty. But that's that's the temperature, and then if you look at the feels like... It's, so like including the wind chill? Yeah, so it was like um, tomorrow is minus 11, but feels like minus 19. Oh, so okay. that's with the, the wind chill. So I think that takes a... We've never been in that kind of temperature in, in Scotland. I think the worst we've seen this year, I, I saw minus 9 at the house, minus 9 or 10. It was like minus 15 up in the mountains yeah. and stuff, but at, at home, like, yeah, minus we, 8, we, 9. I know that we we have a large amount of uh, Scandinavian listeners. And I know They'll that, be laughing I know at you're us right laughing now. at us for <laughs> for these kind of temperatures minus 17 I think Lisa who's coming on the show where she lived was minus 35 or something yeah. stupid well even um, David CP and Nikolai uh, yeah. David who we just talked about they were with Tommy Holmberg who's also been on this podcast <laughs> up in Sweden and they were hunting Capicaly in minus 35 it was they had a really cold snap there uh, Nikolai was telling us that it was some of the coldest weather they've had for years it was just over a couple of days absolutely mad so yeah it's cold for us um, yeah. uh, and but the thing is i think when you start getting into the minus like 15 and, and below temperature centigrade once again um we um it it can get very dangerous very quickly in especially terms if you of, don't know what you're doing frostbite yeah. yeah which we don't no <laughs> we, <laughs> so we just don't we just don't really have the, the experience in in snow yeah. neither of us can ski um, and it's just we've not spent a large but, amount of time. But we, we have faith in our guide, Johnny, who's going to be uh, keeping us right. He's been there before, and uh, they've kitted us out really well for the trip. So Yeah, no, we are, we're going to be fine. We're going to be squared away. We have an armed uh, guard with us the entire time. You can't, because you have to. Because you have to. You yeah. can't go anywhere without. Uh, we're dog sledding. We're um, doing snowmobiling. We're oh, we're doing everything. We're hopefully going to film a lot of wildlife. Uh, Arctic fox, polar bear. Yeah. We've got some very nice shiny kit. Yes. Um, to uh, to film. We'll, we'll put up um, we'll put up some pictures of our stuff while we're in Svalbard when we can and probably when we come back. We, so yeah, we, we have no idea what the internet situation is no. going to be like. Hopefully there is some um, so that we can be putting up stories on Instagram mm. so we can show everyone what's what's going on. And we're pushing the boat out with the camera gear. We're we're going with more camera gear than we've ever taken before. Yeah. Um, a million lenses and got some really really nice kit we're filming with uh, proper cinema lenses it's going to be yeah it's going to be another level oh um, if uh, I I was going to say this at the beginning Um, the podcast stickers they're still going out the door really well so if uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about uh, we've got uh, small round podcast stickers that you can put on the back window of your car about the size of an old tax disc if you remember what that was yeah a little bit bigger than a tax disc for people in the UK um, and in fact, 
we are, I guess, not showing our age, but anyone that listens to the show that's probably under the age of 21 or 20 probably would never have seen a had a tax disc. Um, and we're not even that old. No. It all went electronic. I don't For those a, people don't know what we're talking about, yeah. you used to have a little piece of paper, a little piece of paper in the front it. windscreen of your car, and it told you that you taxed it, it for it. It used to be quite a cool thing because you used to change your tax disc holder to like a cool one. Yeah. So I like I had a Help for Heroes one, or you could have like one the the it was a yeah it was kind of what like I a, liked was when you had a like if you bought it looked at like old Land Rovers or whatever, and you'd be able to see because most people never been to tax disc, yeah, so you just, could see just, all the years gone back and all the different colors. They're worth taxes. a bit of money now. Well, the old ones, the very very old ones, they're worth a bit of money. Damn, I bindle mine. Yeah, I've, I don't have any. I don't think my car's ever. Uh, yeah, no, you're I've, not your new one. Not my new one. No. But anyway, uh, we, we <laughs> digress. We are uh, talking about tax discs. Um, so, so that's it, I think. Is it? Yeah, yeah, that is. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I, I didn't actually finish oh, right, talking, sorry, about you're about talking about the podcast stickers. Podcast stickers so yeah, podcast taxes. stickers. Uh, the idea is, is that shove them on your car. It, it promotes the show, but also if we see it out and about, then there'll be prizes to be won, which will be really cool. So we'll uh, we'll announce. I think it'll probably be in a month or two when more people have got the stickers. We'll start going. If we see your car on the road with the sticker, then then we'll uh, get hold of you somehow. And I imagine probably one of the most likely places is around shows. Is around some of the shows. Yeah, but it'd be really cool if we were driving down the motorway. It would well, be. A, a, huge, a large amount have gone out the door already. They, they only cost £1.40 and then plus postage, which I think is 50p. Mm-hmm. Um, so in total, it's two quid or something. Uh, and if you put it with, uh, if you're buying something else in the shop, it doesn't cost any extra. So um, yeah, grab yourself a podcast sticker. I would love to, we have, we've got none going to the United States, or did we? I don't, I don't know think, because uh, we don't do so much of the postage anymore. So <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure where. I don't where think any to. have gone to the United States. So if you are a United States listener, then uh, we'll uh, yeah order a sticker. Cause well, I, I think what we need to do actually, and we'll, I will do this on the next podcast, is we need to give podcast sticker away. Yeah, I think we need to give, give I think, a couple away. I think we need to give a couple away actually to different countries. Yeah. So we will give one, or well, in fact, not one. We'll give a f- uh, like two or three to Let's people in the United States. Yeah. We'll give a handful to the Scandinavians because we are actually over there. So that would be kind of really cool <laughs> if we were yeah. out and about. And uh, some to Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. Because that's, that's the, bul- we'll that's the bulk of our, like, that's where our main yeah. listenership is. But we do have people all over the, all over the place. Thank you very much for listening to this show. You're going to be hearing from us very, very soon, hopefully. 